0: I, uh, the last time that I was with you, I began a series called Collide. And, you know, there's, there's two worlds that exist today, and, it, and unfortunately, we, we don't think of it always this way, but there are believers and there are unbelievers. So there are two forces that are at play. And God is calling all believers to reach out to those that are unbelievers. These two worlds are colliding. They're colliding into one another. We are being forced to live with one another. We we have to, as believers, we have to find ways that we can love and reach out to those that don't believe. God wants us, in order to understand this, God wants us to be transformed. Listen to that word into a person that God wants us to be. Amen? So my text today, I'm going to be in one verse. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And I'm going to read this to you. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be what? Transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So today... I want you to think about something as I break down this verse, okay? Jesus gave up his life so that you and I could have abundant life. This is something that we have to grasp. We have to get a hold of. Jesus didn't just die to die. Do we understand that? Jesus didn't just go to the cross and suffer on that cross just because he said, you know what, I think I want to just go and die on a cross. Why not? That's not what Jesus did. Jesus had a plan, he had a purpose, he had a reasoning, and he came to die on a cross so that we could come be with him someday and have that abundant life. That's what he wants for us. And I've got proof for it. John chapter 10 verse 10 says, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. The thief here that he's referring to is the enemy, the devil, Satan. And then Jesus continues. He says, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. You see, Jesus don't want you just to have a good life. He wants you to have an abundant life. He wants you to have a, a life that's so great and so wonderful and so magnificent and so just. I mean, do you just think, of the, what, just think of the greatest thing that, that you may have enjoyed in your life? And that's what God wants you to have. He wants you to have an abundant life. His perfect life. Will his perfect flowing life. But that's why Jesus came and died for us, as he wants to give you life. But in order for us to experience that abundant life, we have to put Romans 12, 2 to work in our life. Okay? And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Let's read it one more time. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be what? transformed, everybody say that, transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So the first thing that Paul tells us is number one, he says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. Now when you look up the word conform, it means this, to become or be like. In other words, um, I am not a scientist, okay, but I remember something in, 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 in class, in biology, and, and any biology people here can help me, but I believe there's an amoeba, right? And doesn't an amoeba, like, it can attach and become bigger, over? Am I, am I right? Am I wrong? Everybody's like, oh, I don't know. I failed biology. What are you talking about? But an amoeba would attach itself, I guess, to another amoeba, and they would become bigger. It would conform with one another, okay? So think about that. Conforming to the world, see, Paul says, do not conform. If you conform to the world, it means you become like the world, Okay? And understand that, that we as believers, we want to separate ourselves from the world. You're saying, but but we're supposed to reach out to unbelievers. Yes, we are supposed to. But we don't need to act like the world in order to reach the world. Does everybody understand me? We don't have to be like the world to reach the world. Now, that doesn't mean that, that we may not go uh, someplace to, so that we can reach the world. It means, that, it means that, you know, it doesn't mean that we may not... Uh, have to do some things maybe in order to get their attention, but it doesn't mean that we have to be like the world, okay? So it's the, Paul tells us, do not conform to the world. Do not conform. In other words, do not become a part of the world. That's what he's saying to us. And it's important that we understand that. When we offer our entire selves to God... There is a change that should take place in our relation to the world. God is calling us to a different lifestyle than what the world offers with its behavior and customs. Believers are are to live as citizens of a future world. God is preparing something great for all believers. Amen? What is it Jesus said? I'm going to leave. He told the disciples, I'm going to leave you, and I'm going to prepare a place for you. That's what he's telling them. He's preparing something that's far greater than what we ever could imagine. There is something. People say, well, well, what happens after you die? You see, the atheist believes that there's nothing that happens. You just just cease to exist. But we as believers, we as Christians, we believe that there is something far greater that is awaiting for us. Why do we go throughout this earth? Why do we live in this world? Because we have something far greater that is waiting for us. Let me tell you something. If there wasn't something greater than this life, waiting, then what's the point? What's the point of living? What's the point of of maintaining this? Why Why wouldn't we just be better off just to end it and be done with it, right? It's because there's something far greater waiting for us that God has prepared for us. And that's why we don't want to be a part of the world. Our home is not this world. Amen? I like what Scripture says that we are just aliens. We are just maintaining here on earth. We're just occupying a, a place for temporary. But yet our home is something you know, out there, it's where that we're going to. He, God, Jesus, is preparing a place for us to go to. But you're going to feel pressure sometimes to conform to the patterns of this world. Don't give in to that pressure. That's why it's so important that we live differently. It's important that we act differently. This place that we are living in is just temporary and we shouldn't try not to conform or try not to conform to the pattern of the world, but we should take it to a step further, which is my second point, and that's be transformed by the renewing of your mind. If you look at the Greek word for transformed, I'm gonna butcher this, but it's metamorphos. It's not metamorphosis. Metamorphos anyway. This is the root for an English word that we understand as metamorphosis, okay? And as believers, we are to experience a complete transformation from the inside out. When we are transformed, there is something that takes place in our life. There is a change that takes place. If you have asked Jesus into your heart, if you've asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, then there is something different that takes place. You are no longer like you were before. Why? Because we have asked Jesus to come and what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. I am no longer who I used to be, but I am a new creation. Amen? The old has what? It's passed away. It's gone. Amen? I have become new. I am something new in Christ. I am who he says I am. Amen? I am who he says I am. I am no longer what I used to be. Why? Because I gave up that old life. I'm no longer living in that old life. I have stepped forward and said, I am who God wants me to be. I am going to be transformed. I'm going to what? Renew my mind. I am changing the way I think. I am changing the way I do. I'm changing the way I used to be. And I am becoming who God wants me to be. Amen? That's who I want to be. Our mind, a complete change must begin in our mind. Our mind is where all our thoughts and our actions begin. Paul spoke about this to the Ephesians in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22 through 24. He says this, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. You see, one of the ways for us as Christians to renew ourselves is to be involved in activities that what? Renew our mind. Renewing refers to a new way of thinking. I want a mind that desires To be conformed to God rather to being conformed to the world. And we will never be truly transformed without this renewing of our mind. Amen? We must put good stuff in. It's important that we put good stuff in. The more good we put in, the more what? Good we're going to put out. If we put bad things in, then then we let bad things out. We have to, this is something that just really just resonates with me lately. We have to take captive, the Bible says to take captive our thoughts. You know, like when we say, well, I'm sick. Take those thoughts captive. Or I'm hurting, or I'm, I'm men, having a mental breakdown, or I'm having a bad day, or I'm having, take those thoughts Captive. Let's renew that mind and say, you know what, today is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice whether it's a bad day or an okay day or a great day. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. Why? Because it's the Lord's day. He created this day and I'm going to walk in victory and not walk in defeat. That's what happens when we decide to renew our minds and say, you know what, I'm going to be who Christ wants me to be. I'm going to walk in the steps that Christ wants me to walk. I'm going to be who Christ wants me to be. That's who I need to be. And it takes me to transform my life by renewing my mind and letting my mind think on positive thoughts. Think on these things. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says, For the word of God... Is alive and active, sharper than any double edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. You need to put the Word of God into your mind. You understand? We have to know God's Word. As believers, we must make it a point to know God's Word, know what He says. Know what he's telling us so that we can walk in it. How many times have you, I, I can't tell you how many times that I, can't, that I go through my life and as I'm saying I'm in a situation, all of a sudden a scripture comes to me. And you know what, I can quote that scripture. You know, how many times, think about it, when you're in a situation and you're, and you're going through something, you're like, man, I just wish I had a Word. I wish somebody could give me an encouraging word. You know what? If we take God's word and we plant it into our hearts, then guess what? There's the word that you need. There's an encouraging word that comes. And God is giving you that word so that you can walk in victory. Maybe you've been battling. Maybe you've been having strongholds come in against you. Then you can remember the scripture that says, No weapon formed against me shall what? Prosper, right? You remember these things. You understand these things. You know that what God's word says is that I'm more than a conqueror. Amen? And you remember these things. Why? Because you've planted God's word in your heart. You've renewed your mind. You have transformed from who you were to who God wants you to be. You've transformed by renewing your mind. And you put God's word into your heart, into your mind, so that you can med- meditate upon God's word And your way of thinking changes. But you see, our minds become first informed and then conform to the pattern of God. The pattern for which we were originally designed. And once you followed one and two, then that opens you up to the third point. And my third point today is this. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. You see, when we have our minds transformed and we are becoming more like Christ every single day, then we want God's will. You see, not our own. I don't want my will. But I want God's will. And it's only when we are being transformed that we will be able to know and do and enjoy what God desires for us. Can I tell you this? knowing god's will is it's not always easy, right? It's not always easy. Because if we had plans for our life, if we had things and we had it all, you ever anybody here planner? Anybody here a planner? You know, like you want to plan everything. I I I I like plan. I like having a plan. You know, like you go throughout your week. I'm gonna, I know I'm going to do this Monday, this Tuesday, this Wednesday, Thursday. I'm just one of those, you know. And then there's those, some, some people, some of you, you don't care because you just like to fly by the seat of your pants and case or all, whatever happens, so be it, right? But there's some of us that we are planners and we want to plan everything out. And if you're like me, whenever you first, you know, started thinking, you know, I remember, you know, you're, you're, when you're finishing up your junior year, you start that senior year, then you start thinking about, man, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? What am I going to do the rest of my life? I want to be this, or I want to be that. I want to do this for my career. And you start mapping it out and start planning things, and then all of a sudden God says, nope. (laughs) This is what you're going to do. But wait a second, God. (laughs) I like this, 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 and this. And God says, yeah, but I want you to do this, 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 and this. And God says, I want you to do my will. But God, what about my will? What about these things? He said, but wait a second. That day that you said, come into my life, I want to give you complete control. That day that you said that, you said I, you surrender your life to me. It's what you told me. So now it's my will, no longer your will. You see, even Jesus At a moment, at a most vulnerable moment in his life, he had to surrender his own will. He said what? God, not my will, but your will be done. He surrendered. He gave up his life to fulfill the will of the Father. The day that I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior was the day that I gave up my will and surrendered my will to him so that I could fulfill his will. And fulfilling his will is not always easy. There are going to be times that God changes everything that you've planned for yourself. God will take you in a different direction than what you have planned. And of course, the only way that you're going to know what God's will for your life is, is by spending time with him. Reading his word. Having a conversation with him. How much time, and I just want to ask you this, do we spend watching television each week? How much time do we spend running around each week do thing, doing things that doesn't really matter? They're just fun things that you like to do. How much time do we Spend at work each week. And these are legitimate questions that we should ask ourselves. How much time do I spend reading or listening to God's Word? And how much time do I spend talking to God? And how much time do I spend on the things of God? If we want to know God's will, then we have to spend time with Him. And see here's the thing that we don't just want to know God's will but we want to know this we want to know God's what good pleasing and perfect will number 4 If you're to look in the Greek text the three adjectives used here good pleasing and perfect they are used as nouns You see God's will is what is good Amen God's will is what is pleasing to God God's will is what is perfect for each believer. And as we are being transformed and we're getting to know who God is and we begin doing God's will, that is when we discover that what God plans for us is good. What God plans for us is pleasing to him. We make him happy, amen? And what God plans for us is perfect for us. Listen to me. Listen very carefully. God does not make mistakes. When he asks us to do something, it's perfect. We may not always understand it, but when he opens the door for us, then we need to step in and do what he's telling us to do. Amen? Why? Because he's opened a door that is the good, it's pleasing, and it's perfect. And whenever he opens that door, we step in and we walk in. This morning, I want you to know that it's never too late to make a divine appointment with Christ. If you've not ever given your life over to Christ, then you need to do so today. Don't wait any longer. And I promise you that'll be the best decision that you have ever made. And... If you have asked Jesus to be Lord of your life, then you need to work on that relationship. It doesn't matter how long you've served Christ. It doesn't matter if you've been a Christian for a year or you've been a Christian for 50 years. I believe there's always something that we can improve on. Amen? We can always draw closer to Him. We can always take that to the next step, to the next level, to the next whatever. And we open up ourselves and we surrender and say, God, I want your good, pleasing, and perfect will. That's what I want. So, how do we do this as believers? We have to spend time in God's Word. We have to. I don't care if it's just reading one verse a day, that's spending time in God's Word. I have it on my phone to where I get an alert about 8.30 every single morning with the verse of the day. You say, well, why? Well, here's why. Because I want to read a scripture every single day. I want God's word going into my life. You say, yeah, but you're a pastor. You read the Bible all the time. Yeah, but there's a difference. in Studying for a, a message to deliver to you and having that personal time. We all need that personal time with that time of devotion that we that we make a part of our day, that we spend time reading God's word, planting those seeds in our heart and in our life. Some people say, Well, I'll wait till I have more time. Can I tell you you're never going to have more time than today? Why? Because tomorrow's going to have, well, I guess I'll wait till tomorrow. I'll have more time tomorrow. And the next day will come. And the next day will come. And the next day will come. Take a time, take a moment. And put God's word in your heart and in your life, because there's going to come a time where you need that scripture to speak to you, and it's going to do something. It's going to penetrate what is it the Bible? It's sharper than a two-edged sword. It's able to penetrate into your heart. It's important that we have God's word. And we also need to spend time in prayer. Can I tell you that we are fighting a war? It's not a physical war. There is a spiritual war that is raging. And the only way that we can fight that battle is with prayer and fasting. That's it. We need to spend time with God. Amen? We need to not only spend time in His Word, but spend time on our knees calling out to God, talking to God. We have to spend that time with Him. And then we need to spend time in worship and praise. We just need to spend time with the Father. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. I want to ask if Kent would come, and can we sing that song again, Nothing But the Blood of Jesus? There's just something about that song, something about the blood, amen? People say, oh, that's just gross thinking about the blood. (laughs) Sin's gross. So it took something maybe even more greater to conquer sin. And so there's nothing far greater than the blood of Jesus, how it covers our sins. But can we as a body of believers, maybe you're saying, you know, "I I love God. Maybe you've asked Jesus into your heart. Maybe you're living for him. I want us to stand and can we just sing this song one more time and make this our prayer today. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. receive your tithes and offerings as you leave this morning i just want to remind you um there's something coming up july 17th for our men our men we're going to have a uh a rib dinner and cornhole time just a good time fellowship and i want to ask you to invite somebody to come and be with you and just hang out. We're going to have a good time. It's a Saturday. It's going to start at five o'clock. All you have to do is show up, eat, and have fun. That sounds like a pretty good deal, right? So uh, it's going to be a blast. And so all the men, we invite you to come and be with us. So can we pray over this offering? Lord, I just pray for every person here, every person that gives this morning. I pray for blessings upon them and their household, upon their family. God, I pray that you do a work in this church. God, that you help us to go forward to do the work that you want us to do. Be the church that you want us to be. Do the things you want us to do. And we give you all the praise and we give you all the glory. And we ask these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Y'all have a wonderful week. We'll see you Wednesday night 7 o'clock.